Welcome to the Duck Pin Podcast with your host, Brian Griffiths. And now, here's Brian. Election season is right around the corner, and next year we will have an election for many state and county-wide offices here across Maryland. And, uh, of course, particularly in my neck of the woods here in Anne Arundel County, of particular interest to me is the race for Anne Arundel County Executive. Joining me tonight is the first candidate who has filed for County Executive in Anne Arundel County next year, Republican candidate Chris John. Chris, thanks for joining us on this week's show. Thanks, Brian. I'm glad to be here. Well, glad we you could come on and join with us. So first off, tell people who you are and why you're running for County Executive. All right. Well, you know, my in, in talking to my wife, we, we just feel like there's we need change. Uh, and I know we hear that all the time in government. Oh, we need change. We need change. But I feel like we need real change. Um, you know, Stuart Pittman's got his, his work cut out for him right now. I mean, he's dealing with the pandemic. And, I mean, you know, people love what he's doing. People hate what he's doing. At the end of the day, look, honestly, he's got a tough job right now. He really does. Um, you know, and, and, and as we hopefully seem to be on the tail end of this thing, um, you know, the business community has just gotten beaten beaten real bad over the last year. Um, and, and that's really where, where, where my mindset is, where my heart is, is, uh, getting a healthy business community out there and really getting that, uh, that business side of things going. Um, you know, I, uh, I've been in management for 30 plus years. Uh, so I, I, I definitely have that mindset for business. Um, and I, I think there's just some different things that we need to do um, in government. I think we need to look at things a little bit differently. Um, I, you know, we definitely need to make sure we have our our, uh, our business community healthy. Uh, that obviously is is a win for everybody, Brian. I mean, you know, the businesses make money. Yeah, that's great. But so do the people. So do the citizens of Anne Arundel County. They get jobs. They get better pay. They get insurance. And at, at the end of the day, the government then gets revenue because people are working again. Uh, you know, but we got we got police re, uh, relations that we need to tackle. We got to make sure that the budget's in good shape. So, uh, you know, I, I just think we need a little bit different mindset. Um, you know, as, as for me, um, I got into the race early, um, and there's a reason that I got into the race early. Uh, before you saw that I was running for county executive, you had no idea who Chris John was. Uh, and the truth is, the people that I'm going to be asking to vote for me, they don't know who I am either. Uh, so I feel like I needed to get a little bit of a head start on things, let people know who I am. Um, you know, I am the average middle class husband and father. Uh, you know, got two great kids. Like I said, I've been in management for for a lot of years. Uh, currently, I uh, I do recruiting, but um, you know I have been in management for a long time. Um, I don't know what, what else do you want to know. <laughs> well, know? let's talk a little bit about like the about COVID. You mentioned you brought that up, and obviously there have been people who have praised Stuart Pittman's response to COVID. There have been a lot of people who have criticized the response to COVID. So just if it, you were in his shoes, what would you have done differently? And what would you do to get county businesses back open 100%? Well, from a from a county executive position, I mean, honestly, 
uh, you know, County Executive Pittman can open businesses to 100% because he has to follow no work, no greater than what the state mandates are. So he is limited in that, you know, in, in that area. Um, I do believe that the state mandates are are more than adequate. Uh, you know, the one thing that that I believe uh, we've done uh, and the county executive has done is maybe gone a little too harsh uh, with with certain things. I mean, at, at, at one point, we're looking to say, OK, you can't have any kind of in-person dining. Uh, you know, now, fortunately, at the end of the year, uh, you know, whether you think it was the court case or or whatever, uh, you know, Executive Pittman did do a, a, an about face on that. Um, you know, but here we are talking about no in-person dining. You can do outside dining. Uh, you can do uh, a, a pickup. But it was OK to go to the casino. And I just it, that didn't make. OK, we can go and sit next to somebody and gamble, but I can't sit next to my wife and kids and have dinner. Um, you know, I think that we went a little too far there. I, I, I think the state mandates um, were adequate. Uh, I think it would have done a better job at keeping the businesses, uh, especially our restaurants, uh, you know, rolling. Um, there's, there's a lot of places that have gone gone out of business. So you, you said you were from Man Arundel County. Maybe you've heard of Sunset. Uh, you know, my wife and I used to love going to Sunset. Never going to get that uh, cream of crab again. That cream of crab, <laughs> uh, uh, the, the chicken parmesan. Oh, I loved going on Italian nights to get the chicken parm. Um, but, but they're done, um, you know. And it's it's a direct uh, you know thing from COVID. Uh, you know, an institution here in Anne Arundel County is closed. Uh, uh, the caterer, um, uh, Michael's Eighth Avenue. Michael's Eighth Avenue uh, just closed. Uh, you know, honestly, uh, you know, this isn't Anne Arundel County related, but uh, Martin's East Wind just closed. Uh, and that's near and dear to my heart. I spent 15 years working there. Oh, I just got my dog coming to say hi. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I spent 15 years of my life there. So, uh, you know, these businesses closing hurt. And, you know, we're going to need to really get back to business. Um, some of these businesses, uh, they may need some tax incentives to stay in business. Um, and then we want to help these businesses grow. And I know it's it's real easy to say, oh, let's just give a tax incentive. Uh, I kind of want to hit in the middle. I really think the best answer in just about every case, to be honest with you, Brian, is is finding a way to build a bridge and meet in the middle and come together in the middle. Um, so, you know, I know people don't like seeing, oh, we're going to give tax breaks to the businesses. But you know what? Has a poor person ever given you a job? No. <laughs> and if they did, you didn't last very long. Uh so, yeah, the American dream can happen, but you know, these businesses need to, to, to grow. Uh, so it's not just keeping them in business. It's helping them to grow. So from a business perspective, if you're growing, and I, I don't know all the numbers just yet. I, I need to run them by my, um, uh, by my platform committee yet to, to really put the numbers together. But, uh, you know, let's say hypothetically you grow your business by 30%. Well, you know what? Let's get you a tax break for doing that. Um, the more people work, the more people are, you know, first of all, it's just a feel good, you know, everybody wants a job. Uh, but now you got people are not on on state and county services. Um, you know, they're not on state insurance anymore. So, you know, that's really kind of the direction I see the business community heading. One of the big issues right now that's uh, going on at the county level 
is there is a bill before the General Assembly that would devolve the transfer tax authority from the General Assembly, setting property tax rates at that, at that state level and putting it in state code, and devolving that down to the county council level. Now, Pittman has suggested that he wants to do this in order to raise the transfer tax from 1% to 1.5% on transactions, uh, property transactions over a million dollars for the purpose of funding workforce housing projects. So I kind of have a two-part question here. One, where do you stand about devolving the transfer tax authority from the state level to the county council level? And secondly, where do you stand on Pittman's proposal to raise the transfer tax on those high-dollar transactions to fund workforce housing? I think we need to, to, to kind of answer your second part of the question, Brian, we need to tackle the root cause to the housing problem. And a lot of times throwing money at things doesn't always work. You got to boil it down to the root cause. Um, you know, I personally right now am against any kind of tax increase, uh, whether it's a tax or fees. Okay. People aren't working. And, you know, there's people that are going to have to sell their, ho- their, their, their home, even if it's, oh, it's a million dollar home. Okay. But you know, there's probably a reason that they're selling that million dollar home. They, they could afford it when they bought it. Now, all of a sudden, they can't. And then we're going to say, okay, well, now you got to pay an additional 1.5%. Um, and you can call it what you will, whether it's a tax or a fee. Um, I'm against any kind of, uh, at least for now, I'm against any kind of increase of anything. Um, to sit there and say, oh, there should never be a tax increase. Okay, look, I'm a conservative. I'm against just about any tax increase out there. But look, at the end of the day, the government needs revenue to run. Uh, and the more free stuff you want, <laughs> the more you got to tax, uh, or the better of a healthy business community you have to have. Therefore, you get your your revenue organically without raising taxes. Um, to the first part of your question, I, I'm 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 perfectly fine letting it be uh, decided by by the individual lo- the local governments. Um, I believe in the power of the local government. Uh, the more things that the local government can decide, the better. Uh, so that I actually am, am, am a fan of, uh, but any kind of, especially with the pandemic, any kind of increase in taxes or, or fees, uh, you just can't even, I, I can't fathom even con- contemplating that right now. People are hurting and we're going to say, yeah, oh, give us more money. No, we can't do that. Speaking of more money. Uh, the County Board of Education has passed a $1.4 billion spending proposal. They've sent it over to the county executive for inclusion in his FY22 budget that will be introduced before the county council. Uh, where do you stand right now on the board's request for the $1.4 billion for next year? To be honest with you, Brian, I probably need to get a little bit more educated on that uh, specifically uh, and, and the, 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 the budget item. Um but at the end of the day, we need to make sure the schools are funded. We need to make sure the schools are taken care of. I've always believed that our educators aren't paid enough. Um, you know, I know we're out there now with Kerwin and, uh, you know, where the heck is the money coming from for Kerwin? That's, <laughs> that's a great question. Um, we need to make sure that the schools are taken care of. The, the, the teachers themselves need to be taken care of. The physical properties need to be taken care of. And honestly, there is some some classes uh, that I believe we need to get back to doing. Uh, there's some basics that we need to get back to. Uh, you know, we want to make sure that everybody is is qualified to get a job. You know, and this kind of goes back to that whole housing thing. It, what's the root cause why people can't afford the housing? Uh, 
well, maybe we need to make sure that they're educated, uh, you know, on those things at a high school level. I know I was, uh, you know, when I went to public school, they taught us that stuff. I don't want them to do that anymore. Let's let's explore that that a little bit, because that's always a fascinating topic for me, is just talking about kind of the curriculum. And I know there are a lot of people who want to put a lot of things into the curriculum. I know that some people want to put in um, household finance into the curriculum. I've been a big champion of making sure that we have have some sort of basic civics education in the curriculum. I think the last election showed the importance of that. What are some of the things that you think should need, need to be either added to the curriculum or like you said restored to the curriculum from from years past um well let's take a look at shop classes uh you know when when i went through uh you know through school we had to take some kind of a home ec class uh we had to take uh, a wood shop and metal shop and what have you um i would like to see some votech uh type uh things in there so that when, when, when these kids graduate, uh, they have a skill set. They have something that they could take into the workforce. Um, I always champion to my kids, you know, you need education. You need to go to, edu- you know, you need to, to further your education. College isn't for everybody, okay? Whether it be I just, I'm not a school person because Lord knows I wasn't, or, hey, I can't afford it because, well, I couldn't, <laughs> but uh, it, if we're, if we're teaching, you know, if we have classes within the school system, auto shop, you know, uh, you know, I took auto shop, um, those trade type classes, I would really like to see us get those back, uh, you know, back in, 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 in the curriculum. You know, I have a friend of mine uh, in Baltimore County uh, who actually teaches wood shop. You know, I'd like to make sure that all those classes are offered here. Um, and then, yeah, we, we need some basic finance classes. Uh, you know, when you graduate, you need to know how to balance a checkbook. You know, you need to understand how the stock market works. Um, you know, to me, that's just basic stuff. But we're just, I don't feel like we're teaching it anymore. Anybody who's seen me uh, work with Wood knows that my shop class did not stick with me very well <laughs> over the years. Um, let's move on to the uh, kind of kind of development. We're going through the counties, going through the plan 2040 process right now the general development plan there's a lot of different takes on on both sides of the aisle about development you can argue you could find people on both republican side and the democratic side arguing both for and against further development what are your kind of thoughts about the future of of development in the county because obviously as county executive you would have a role in you know guiding the development of the county in in the future yeah, I, I know right now uh, there's a talk about a development project at Quiet Waters, which uh, seems to be getting a lot of uh, um, a lot of looks. Um, development is great as long as it's done responsibly. Um, we seem to have areas that we can redevelop as opposed to developing undeveloped areas. Okay, you have to look at the the environmental side. I mean, do we really want to lose all of our trees and our, our, our woodlands because we want to put up a new housing project? Um, meanwhile, there are strip centers that are already out there that are just about vacant that we need to redevelop. So I think if we work on redeveloping what we have, maybe we could back off on developing new stuff. Um, I'm... I want to see a healthy business community. 
you need development for that, right? Um, but you need to walk that line between doing what's best for for the community uh, from a from a business health perspective, and what's doing what's right for the community from uh, uh, an ecological perspective and 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 that type of thing. So you, you got to find the middle ground. One of the things that Pittman has done over the course of his term has kind of focused more on high density development as opposed to the more sprawl development. Um, what are your thoughts kind of on that, on what his process has been focusing more on those high density developments and, and kind of creating that more town center, smart growth type growth, as opposed to kind of the sprawl that we've seen over the course of the last God, 50 years in the county? I think if you're able to keep things condensed, I, I think from a bigger picture, it works better. Um, again, it will leave the um, the parks, the wrecks, the 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 undeveloped land. Um, you know, we need that. Okay, you really want to live in a concrete jungle, um, but we also again we need that development side. So it's about finding what's in the middle. And and honestly, I I do kind of like the idea of of keeping that stuff kind of kind of condense that way you have your pockets of developed area but you also have your pockets of wow beautiful streams and 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 you know the trees and the parks and yeah we want that so you got to be careful so that you can have both well let's talk about county spending you mentioned obviously you're a conservative you don't support any tax cuts kind of as a general as a general general principle um but let's talk about spending specifically um county spends a lot of money Regardless of whether you think that's good or bad, the county spends a lot of money. Where do you think we are on spending? Do you think we're already spending too much money? And is there any is there any place in the county budget you think we need to cut back a little bit on? Well, I always think we're spending too much money. Again, I, I am a I am a conservative at heart, uh, and yeah, I always think we're spending too much money, uh, but. One of the things that I want to do is trim the excess from the budget, okay? Um, who are the best people to trim the excess from the budget? Your department heads. Obviously, the police chief is going to know more about running that department than I'm going to, okay? The fire chief, the, you know, the school board, they know more about theirs. So they're the best ones to trim the fat. They're the best ones to trim the excess, what I want to see us do is almost take a business approach to it. Um, you know, how do you trim the excess? How do you how do you get a salesperson to sell? Bonuses and incentives. How do you get a manager who doesn't own the business to actually care about the bottom line? Business, you know, bonuses and incentives. I'd like to do something like that, uh, you know, with the department heads. Now, I don't want to see, you know, what I don't want to do is say, hey, uh, you know, Mr. Fire Chief, uh, you know, I'm going to give you a bonus in your pocket. Um, you know, I, I kind of get a little nervous about that because then people may <laughs> cut cut the, the, the quality of the service to save their money so that they can put money in their pocket. Um, but I want to take at least a business approach to it and say, okay, um, you know, I want you to, to trim the excess by an arbitrary number, 10%. Get a wish list together. What is your wish list? What do you want for your for your department? We'll make sure you have what you need, but what do you want? And let's get that wish list there. Okay, great. 
now let's let's go and 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 save the money so that you can have that okay and then we can look at what do we do with the money that we save you know let's take 33% of it and say here you go towards your wish list whatever you want uh 33% of it can go to new stuff you know maybe some new things that we want to do maybe uh get the police athletic league back up and running or throw some money at the uh, rec councils or whatever um and then maybe 34 cents on the dollar we can figure out how to get that back to the taxpayer okay so Everybody likes getting money back. That's that's definitely paying paying less yeah. in taxes. We, we've already kind of touched on touched on education. We've touched on zoning. We've touched on spending. We've touched on COVID businesses, that sort of thing. What is the biggest issue you think is facing our county that I haven't mentioned yet? Well, I, I, I don't know that it's a county issue as much as it's a national issue. Um, I call it police relations. Uh, others like to call it police reform. I don't, I don't buy, I, I don't buy into the police reform thing. I think there's a relations issue there, um, and I, I really think that that is something that, as county executive, if you're not addressing it, then you're doing everyone a disservice. Um, you know, you've got one side that, you know, says, oh, we need to, uh, uh, you know. Get rid of the police, basically. You got the other side that wants to bury their head in the sand and say there's not a problem. Uh, when again, the answer is in the middle, uh, and we really need to deal with that. And and I think that I have a different way uh, to to deal with that. Um, you know, I, I'm not on the front lines of that issue. So am I the best person to say this is what we have to do? No, I'm not. Uh, you know, I'll be very honest with you. Uh, the, the the county council, do they mean well? Of course they do. But are they, are they on the front lines? Not really. So what I would really like to do is do something, honestly, similar to what Barack Obama did with his beer summit. Uh, take three or four people from each side. And I mean frontline people, okay? Frontline police officers, not ones that are sitting in the office, uh, you know, folks that are on the front lines that are running around saying F the police. And you know what? Ask them simply, do you really want to try to build a bridge here? Do you really want to try to come together? Because if you don't, then let's not, you're not the, the right people. But if you really want to try to figure it out, then let us sit down and let me have that conversation because they're the ones that could come up with the best answer. Okay. Not politicians. You know, that's one thing I'm not. I'm not a part of the political machine. Politicians aren't the best ones to figure that answer out. We may need them to do the legislative work, but to actually come up with the ideas, we need people that are on the front lines of that issue to say, hey, you know what? This is what we need from both sides. And then meet in the middle. One last question before I get you out of here. And that's sure. this kid's kind of more to the to the to the electoral calculus or everything that's going on here. Obviously, you mentioned at the beginning you filed early because people don't necessarily know who you are. You need to get your name out there. Now, there are a number of other people who either have talked about running or are rumored to running. We've heard Delegate Sid Saab, former Delegate Herb McMillan, Kendall Ehrlich, uh, count, two county councilmen, Nathan Volke and Jessica Hare. That's a lot of, a lot of people who have already have um, political bases. They've already, they already have name ID in the county. Um 
so it's kind of a two-part question. What makes you stand out from them? You already mentioned one thing, that you're not a politician, so that obviously is one of the reasons why you would stand out. But what, what else makes you stand out from them? And kind of probably a bigger question is, how do you overcome their institutional advantages? How do you raise the money, get the volunteers, get the name out there in order to not just win, the, win a primary, but also to beat Stuart Pittman next November? Well, and, and, and I guess that ultimately everybody who's going to throw their name in this ring ultimately want the same thing, and that's to make sure that, that we win back the county executive seat. So uh, uh, while I'm going to give it everything I got, um, ultimately that's the goal. Um, but what makes me stand out from them, um, as I said, I'm not a politician. I'm not a part of the political machine. And honestly, I think that resonates with people right now. Um you know, love Donald Trump or hate Donald Trump. He wasn't a part of the political machine and those that really supported him, that's what they liked. Yes, there were negatives, absolutely. But to me, that's what people want right now. They don't want the the, the same old, same old. Um, I'm not part of the elite. Uh, You know, I'm a working class guy. Uh, You know, when I originally uh, decided to go after this position, um, you know, I did, I, I did some research and uh, you know, called the Anne Arundel County GOP, had a conversation uh, with a gentleman that was very, very helpful. Um, but one of the things that I got out of that is it really seems like most of the people that run are your your affluential people that that, you know, have a lot of money and, and can throw a lot of money at their campaign. Yeah, I can't do that. I am. A, I'm a middle class working stiff. Um, and honestly, I think that resonates with people. I think people want that. Um, how am I going to raise the money? That's a great question. And when I figure it out, Brian, I'm going to tell you the answer. Um, again, that's why I started this thing so early because nobody knows who I am. Um, you know, I've got to get the word out there. And honestly, you're, you're a big part of that. Uh, you know, you, you sent me an email within six hours of my, my following my candidacy. And, uh, you know, I looked at this, I'm like, Really? I don't even have my website built yet. <laughs> um, so uh, you know, that's, but that's it. It's starting early. It's getting the word out. It's using the people that I know uh, in and around Anne Arundel County to help, to help get people to know who I am. Um, so, you know, how am I going to raise the money? When I figure it out, I'll let you know. Well, if people want to reach out and give you any money or people want to reach out and contact you uh, with anything of information about your campaign, how can they do that? Well, uh, Brian, they could go to my uh, either my Facebook page, uh, which is uh, Chris John. That's J-A-H-N. Uh, Chris John, the number four A-A-C-O. Uh, and they can reach me on my Facebook page there. Uh, they can reach me on my website, which is the same thing. Uh, Chris John, the number four A-A-C-O dot com. Um, that is now up and running. Um, you know, there's opportunities there to, uh, you know, there's, there's ways for you to email me. Uh, let me know what you think, because look, I, I want to know what people want to do. Uh, you know, what is important to people? Um, you know, they can, uh, they can donate. Hey, that's always a good thing. That's how I can raise that money. Uh, they could donate. Eventually there'll be, you know, hats and shirts and all the fun stuff that you can buy, but everything you need to know about me, you'll be able to find on my website. Again, that's Chris John, the number four AACO.com. Chris John is the first announced Republican candidate for County executive in the 2022 election. Chris, best of luck. We'll talk to you again soon. Thanks, Brian. I appreciate it. 
This has been the Duckpin Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe and download.